welcome to another episode of the Community Broadband Bits Podcast. This is Christopher Mitchell in St. Paul, Minnesota, coming to you one week later than expected uh, to do the predictions show. But hope you enjoyed the discussion last week with Blair Levin and talking some about what he's seeing. Now we got my team together and um, boy, we don't have Rye. It feels like a big loss. Hope Rye is doing well. But I'll just say that, uh, you know, this year is starting off a little bit rough. Uh, I've had some family disruptions. Uh, you know, now Rye's not able to make it today. Emma was on vacation last week. So at least we got Emma today now. We're trading in. So, you know, we didn't make it when we wanted to. There's some pros and cons. Uh, so uh, here we are. And uh, we're going to go around first and introduce who we have here that is bold enough to make a prediction for uh, 2024. As we all know that if you are the one that makes the worst predictions, you have to shave one eyebrow at the end of the year. That's the new rule. So we've all agreed to that. And <laughs> <laughs> we are not going to do that. Um, so let's go through with who's here. We got me. We have Rye on paper. <laughs> we also have in presence, Sean Gonsalves. Welcome, Sean. Hey, hey. Sean is uh, one of our, our senior folks, an associate director of uh, communications or something like that. Um, we've got Christine Parker here. Welcome. Hey, hey. Christine, uh, rapidly becoming a, a veteran among the group, our GIS data analyst and all around thinking outside the box thinker of uh, of uh, when it comes to data policy and things like that. I don't, I'm just throwing words together now. This is <laughs> 2024. Not going to be better than 2023. I tell you that I'm not going to be professional. Um, we got Jess Hour. Welcome to the show, Jess. Hello. Jess has been working with us for uh, seems like forever now. Started in September, focused on uh, tribal broadband, but doing a lot of work with the research team. And then we have Emma Gautier. Did I get Hello. that right this year? I think last year I still could not pronounce your name. That's something I learned in 2023. We're only on year three, yeah. <laughs> welcome emma emma is also on the research team long been doing a lot of stuff holds down uh our representation on a variety of issues especially regulatory issues in dc uh coming to us uh, from the future uh somewhere on the european continent we're told uh so here we go uh we're gonna start with sean what we're gonna do here is we are going to go around with a few different predictions that we have that might be a little bit jumbled up we'll react a little bit and toward the middle of the show, we're going to spend a fair amount of time on ACP, the Affordable Connectivity P Program, because that is uh, a pretty significant dislocation. And it's going to uh, be worth predicting how we think things are going to shake out on that. Uh, we are recording this after the FCC has officially said no new signups after some date in February. And uh, the ISPs have some kind of guidance, um, but it doesn't look pretty. So that's when we're recording this. Uh, after we finish with that, we're going to talk a little bit about digital discrimination, and then we'll round up with a few more predictions that are a little bit more miscellaneous. Sean, let's kick it off. What is one of your predictions? <laughs> well, my first prediction is that I'll probably be wrong on most of these coming off <laughs> a few weeks ago when we did our look back at the year, and I was just stunned at how wrong I was. So, Judge says you cannot get a bonus point for predicting your own errors. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, if folks are playing along on FanDuel, do not take any of my parlays or whatever um but let's see let me let me kick off uh a couple of predictions um 
One that I kind of worry about, actually, but I think will likely happen is um, there's a lot of venture capital that's super interested in broadband. And so I think that we are likely to see some mergers ahead, including maybe even a big one. Okay. Mergers and possibly a big one. Mm hmm. We're not stepping too far out on that uh, brand on that branch yet. But, okay, no, no, no. okay. I, I, all right, Th there'll be several smaller mergers. Right, but there's going to be a big one. But there's going to be a big one, I think. All right, yeah. No, I'm curious. We we hinted at that with our discussion with Blair Levin. So I would say that uh, I'm with you, and I would be with, right there with you, and that there will be a big one. And in my mind, a big one. I'm talking about like one of the you know uh, T-Mobile, uh, AT&T, or Verizon Wireless. One of the top three cable companies uh, I mean. possibly top two i think maybe even just say comcast or charter spectrum in terms of a uh, big or you know at&t verizon lumen or uh telephone that's in my mind that's big like, that's the world right there yeah, that's what i'm thinking as well when i say big i mean one of those guys okay all right all right christine what do you got for for an opening uh prediction um, so mine's related to bead, and I'm predicting that states that are choosing a more analytical approach to defining their project areas are going to be more successful in bidding out all the eligible locations that need to be built. Once to. more in English. <laughs> <laughs> so if we just back up for a second for people that are a little less specialized. Um, what does that mean? So states that are not just using a simple geography to define where ISPs can bid to for uh, mm -hmm. their grant applications for BEAD. So like some states are using like counties or um, census tracts or things like that, school districts. Um, and these are kind of arbitrary geographies um, as far as broadband infrastructure goes. But some states are taking into account where fiber lines are in relation to where the eligible locations are and other kinds of things like, you know, where are the, what are the distances um, to the most um, unserved locations and how densely, mm -hmm. um, how dense they are, are they in these areas? Um, and so they're, they're taking a lot of different things into account to put together these project areas. I like that prediction a lot. I think that you're going to be right. The question I have is, by the end of the year, will we have data to be somewhat convincing about that? I think so. I think I'm going to say half the states or half okay. the states will have data. Okay. So and as an example, I think Virginia has been doing this for a while. And the Virginia Broadband Office, VATI, uh, V-A-T-I, I believe, um, is uh, has long done this where they're like, we've got money. And uh, someone comes in and they're like, we want to serve this area. And they're like, okay, well, let's talk about how to define this area. And they try to do it. I think they often use the county. Uh, and that has proven successful thus far and seems to me like it would continue to prove successful. So I like that. All right, Jess? Well, I'll just say really quickly on that, that um, Virginia is suggesting zip code tabulation areas as their um, base geography for bead projects. So I don't know, Christine, is that an analytic approach? They're not in my favored roundup. All right. All right. So some shade for Virginia then. Uh, <laughs> so because of they have zip code tabulations in the, um, it made sense when you said it, Jess. <laughs> so they're going by zip code is what you're saying. I guess that's what that means. Right. All right. Yeah. So we will have a sense by the end of the year whether or not that was smart or if they should have picked one of the states that Christine uh, puts her favor upon. Uh, so, Jess, what's your prediction? I will also do something bead related. I think um, challenge processes should be complete by this year. Um, and I think we're going to find that 
it ended up being so complicated and so um, rushed at the end that um, a vast, vast majority of folks submitting challenges are ISPs. It's just going to be mostly ISPs challenging these locations, something like 95%, which is going to be a little bit disappointing um, that communities are not getting in there. So most of the challenges will be done by ISPs. Communities just will be more or less not participating. Yes. Yeah. No. And I think what that leads to then would be a, a secondary prediction, which I, I would feel confident making. I don't know if you would, which is that um, at the end of 2024, we will still be saying the maps are not good and not an accurate reflection of reality. Not in the sense that maps are ever going to be perfect, but that these are still quite poor. Okay. I see some nodding that's not coming through. Everyone's saying Chris is really, really sharp and intimidated by my genius. Let's talk <laughs> about bead quick. Sean, any bead predictions? I do have one bead prediction. Um, by the way, I agree with Jess on her prediction. I think that's a good one. Really good one. Wish I thought of it. Um, I am going to predict that the first subscribers will get service from a bead project in this year, and it will be in the state of Louisiana. All right. I'm going to take the negative on that. One of my predictions is that that will not be correct. They uh, The money will be distributed, work will be done, but they will not have a subscriber signed up by the end of the year. I have no idea how likely that is. I've, I haven't dug deep enough to know, but it just seems to me unlikely. That's my far out prediction. You know, I got I to I gotta have one bold prediction and that's my boldest. That's a good positive one. All right. So I have one for bead, but first we'll do Rise. Rise says we'll see three states end up way ahead in the bead program design, and it won't be any that we would think. So um, I hope that he wrote those down. Me too. And I think also I want Christine to write down all the ones she wouldn't think. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I want a list of like 47 states from you or something like that. <laughs> Wait can, wait, can we say that again? Because I want to see if I can poke a hole in that a little bit. He thinks three states are going to be doing really well in the program design. This is similar to Christine's. You know, Christine has has Christine has explained how she thinks some states will be ahead. Mm -hmm. Rye is just saying that three states that are unexpected. So three states that we think that we don't think highly of right now will have really great designs for how to distribute the bead funds. That is what Rye's prediction is. Oh, I thought he meant speed, but quality of the design is okay yep okay that's interesting and I, yeah and what counts for quality yeah we'll see at the end of the year i think i mean this is this is the fun is that people don't really care about our predictions i think they're more interested in the general discussion around it that's where that's where the the, the meat is the predictions are the fat uh, i don't know i made a steak the other night what can i say um so the Another prediction from Rye is the devil will be in the details of bead, not in the broad stuff everyone's talking about. It's too early to tell what, though. And so he thinks by the end of the year, the things that we are talking about in terms of where bead is struggling and not working well are things we are not thinking about today. And so mm -hmm. we'll be evaluating that at the I end like of the that. year. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. Uh, who knows? Maybe that comment will finally get us. Um, uh, or uh, and then I should say the final thing is my prediction on bead is that uh, stolen from Doug Dawson, uh, the conversations we've had, is that I think we will see by the end of the year some states just starting to blatantly disregard bead rules and being like, come punish us. Uh, I don't know which rules those will be necessarily, but I do think uh, there will be some states that are just like, no, we're not going to do that. You're going to take our money away? Go ahead, try it. And we're going to have a little bit of a, of a showdown maybe. That's, Doug's convinced me that that's going to happen. I think that's a very good prediction, particularly like 
low cost plans and affordability programs and those things are just preemption. Like, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've already done that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Although I would say we have covered preemption before. I mean, that's one where um, we're all expecting BEAD to roll or NTIA to roll over and not significantly enforce that states were supposed to allow communities to get fair shot at the money. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, Alan Davidson all but said that at Mountain Connect yeah. about, you know, yeah. a year that's, or so. It's old news. So, yeah. So that's not what I'm talking about here. But uh, but we we will we'll just put that as a bonus. Like we are if NTIA holds a hard line against the states that are like North Carolina, like Nebraska, uh, that will be somewhat shocking. OK, so that's bead more or less. Emma had some ones that are related to bead, we think. So what's. Yeah, just in the context of bead funding, I think we're going to see more creative connectivity solutions involving MDUs. There's a lot of awareness around affordability right now, obviously, with the portable connectivity program and it ending. And I just think that's kind of on the top of people's minds as a obstacle to people getting connected. There's existing examples of kind of cool stuff related to MDUs. Apartment buildings, just to make sure everyone's um, cool that multi-dwelling units, apartment buildings, multi-tenant environments, all those things. That's what Emma's talking about. Oakland has an internet choice ordinance, which is not new, but um, it prevents ISPs from monopolizing an MDU. So they're just existing examples of things that I think could serve as inspiration. But then um, something that New York State is doing right now that's really interesting is um, under their Connect All initiative, they have an affordable housing connectivity program, um, which pairs property owners who are interested in connecting their building to ISPs that are interested in working on those kind of projects at no cost to, um, I think it's the property owners. So just those kind of creative solutions coming up as we're thinking about the importance of affordability of broadband, I think is not out of the question at all. And I would just build on that to say that's going to be the silver lining. Uh, Jordan and I were just uh, spent uh, two days in Gary working with some great folks there in AARP, talk about broadband basics and and uh, talking about the city of Gary is looking at doing. And uh, we talked about Memphis while we were there as well. Some of these cities that have really been left behind have deep poverty. Um, they're the areas that don't even have good cable networks. And I often admit that the cable networks are quite good in many places right now, unaffordable, but often high quality uh, service, not in places like Gary or Memphis. And so anyway, I say all that to say, it's always hard to tell people, yes, the federal government is putting a ton of money into broadband. No, not a dollar of it is coming to your community. But in some states like New York, perhaps a few others, as Emma is saying, we're going to see some of that money getting to the high poverty apartment buildings um, using that authority. That's going to be wonderful. And that's probably going to be one of the, the highlights of the year, I think, quite possibly. Um, I just want to jump in real quickly. That's a hopeful note, but I'll, I want to say, uh, I want to sort of bring us down a little bit um, with a, a prediction I had about um, the bead challenges um, as well. Um, we have not seen NTIA approve a single, my understanding, pre-challenge modification that did not originate with them. So they said, you could call DSL under, underserved, you could do a speed test pre-challenge modification. Um, Colorado wanted to do something very interesting with MDUs that would get a lot of them designated for funding in high poverty areas. And that came out of their proposal before it got approved because um 
from what I've read, because they were NTIA said it wouldn't be approved. Um, so that's a that's a downside. NTIA originally, I think, was basically like, here are some ideas, but we're really interested in your ideas. Give us your ideas. And then they all people came forward with ideas and they're like, no, 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 no. That's been disappointing. And um, and I think part of it is a mandate to move quickly. Uh, I would suspect. Uh, I don't know. That's just, just by someone listening who's just like, Chris, you don't understand anything. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but it has been disappointing. And that is something that I it sure, sure seems like we're not going to see many changes to that. Uh, anyone else have anything? We're going to go toward uh, ACP here pretty soon. Uh, oh, you know what? I didn't do my own. Um, I dove, dove in on other topics that were brought up. But the election, Internet access will not be an issue in the election. Uh, a little bit of a softball, I think. Any. Everyone's uh, nodding like this is going to be a pretty crazy year. I've told multiple people that if tomorrow I fall into a 365 day coma, I will not come out of it complaining. I'll tell you that right now. Mm. Um, So Internet access will not be an issue in the election, uh, but there will be a big campaign at local levels and in some states against municipal networks. You know, we've seen that a little bit in Utah with the great work that is happening in, in multiple parts of California, in New York, a number of other places. I think we are going to see some big money spent to try to delegitimize community solutions. For sure. Kind of a related prediction. Um, that was that this year we're going to see more fiber development from smaller and public providers than major ISPs. So it's kind of not what you were saying, Chris. Hmm. But, yeah. All right. Uh, you know, related to that, Christine, I said, uh, I think 2024 will be a bad year from like a wall street point of view. Like I think the big cable companies will continue to lose small numbers of subscribers. I don't think fixed wireless is going to keep picking up big numbers of subscribers. This sort of starts to get into the ACP, but I think in general, the number of broadband subscribers will be flatlining or declining. Uh, and uh, it's going to be quite disappointing. I think mm. I had a fixed wireless prediction. Let's do that real quick. I do think fixed wireless will continue to to grow. Um, came across some interesting numbers that, um, that New Street, um, Fierce Telecom had a story um, based on some New Street research um, that said that twenty close to 20% of fixed wireless uh, access new subscribers were new to broadband. So that I thought was interesting because I know there's been this sort of this question. I think I've heard Doug ask it on the Connect This show of like, where are these, you know, where are these subscribers coming from? Um, yeah. So. Anyhow, um, I think that'll continue to grow. And then I would say that I would suspect a fair number of those might be uh, younger folks coming out of like uh, college or moving out of their parents' homes and going with something that is kind of convenient and easy. Uh, also, I think some of that is the ACP where some of the fixed wireless folks have been uh, getting that ACP. Um, I think that mobile growth, like mobile fixed wireless growth specifically will pick up uh, in the first two quarters and then drop off. Like basically as ACP levels off, more people will switch to fixed wireless, but by the end of the year, I don't think we'll see more fixed wireless growth. That's my estimate. All right. What did you have next, Sean? Public private partnerships will explode. There's no way to really quantify that because I don't like know. Like in a good way, there's going to be more of them. They're not going to like yes, blow up. Yes. Heart yeah. 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 Exactly. I should have chosen my language a little more carefully, but yes, that I mean, I mean, flourish, I should say, I think that there will be a staggering number of public-private partnership RFPs and proposals and announcements to go along with. What's the staggering number? All right, and let's let's are we talking about big cities, mid-sized cities? Let's narrow it down just a little bit so we can quantify it a little bit more. Big cities to mid-sized cities. Okay, 
So are we talking 20, 30, yeah. 50? Yeah. No, 50. All right. 50. 50. 50. Right. And, and to go along with that, I'll say that 10 new municipal networks will come online this year. As well. All right. We're going to hold that till the end. But Sean's, Sean's putting up uh, 10 to start. Mm-hmm. Should we move into ACP? Yeah. All right. So we know that the ACP is going to run out of funds sometime, likely in April. Seems to be uh, the uh, strong likelihood. Uh, Christine, do you want to go first? Uh, <laughs> right. No, we should maybe just all go around and say, oh. <laughs> On the Man. count of three, we all say what we think is going to happen. <laughs> One, two, three. Disaster. <laughs> I, I want there to be more support for people to be online, but I don't think it's going to continue. So there's a lot of predictions that we can make around what's going to happen related to ACP. But I think, Christine, you're starting off with whether or not there will be any new money in 2024 in ACP or something like very similar to ACP, not counting Lifeline. Um, and so I'm with you on that. No new money for ACP. We just it just runs out. 20 million households are harmed, struggling. Uh, some of them, several million of them, uh, deeply so. Uh, and there's no new money that is put in. No action from the FCC to really um, try to fix that. I'm in that camp as well. Okay. Uh, what's the over under on how many speeches Jessica Rosenworcel gives on how much she really cares and really wishes she could do something about it? Oh man, between now and April, that's that's ample time. I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, at least five. Two for each announcement that has to come out. <laughs> oh, it's frustrating. And and I, I'll just note, Sean's got a story that we're going to be publishing before the show goes live, I'm guessing. Uh, John Chambers has, I think, probably put up a blog post today about it. Uh, we are with him um, in terms of, like, a lot of this was, was more or less avoidable. Like, if Jessica Rosenworcel actually took her job seriously at the FCC, um, and let's just say also had uh, two Republican commissioners that were serious about anything except for trying to get on the on Fox News talking about China, um, then we could have resolved a lot of this. Like, we didn't have to do this. John Chambers will point out that most of this money went to wireless companies that did not do a good job of getting people connected. Uh, I'm not saying that all wireless should have been uh, ruled out, but the FCC program design was pretty weak and not reformed and oh was, there goes 14 billion dollars or so so um anyway let's talk about predictions and not get too into that we will have a, a discussion about this i have no doubt uh but um i think we're across the board that uh no new funds no reform this year that was the other thing i don't know if anyone has any changes on that all right um, we do have uh, so Deanne is here and uh, and shared a prediction, which uh, is one that I shared. Uh, but I wanted to to note that a uh, loss of public trust, uh, damage to the reputation of groups that sign people up for ACP. I don't know that we can predict this at the end of the year, but if we get a new program like this, I think it will be harder to get people signed up because they will feel burned and frustrated uh, about this process. I think the groups that have gone around signing people up will have a loss to their reputation. And um, that is uh, just deeply frustrating. Uh, and I would say comes mostly from a Republican Party that is not interested in doing this. Um, most of the Democrats wanted to refund the program. Uh, most of the Republicans wanted to know like how it would be paid for and had a bunch of other questions. And then also like you have like leaders of the Republican party, like uh, Senator Thune claiming that ACP was about getting new households on. Well, that's not how it was written. That's not how it was designed. 
uh, it was about support for families that could not afford service. Uh, so there's, uh, there's a lot of just frustration that I have as someone who is deeply frustrated with both parties. I don't want to, I don't want this to call into the both sides ism kind of thing. So, um, anyway, deeply frustrated, um, Emma. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's definitely going to happen that there will be people who are paying for service they can no longer afford, which is really disturbing also. And that comes along with things like damage to credit and like unexpected bills and just repercussions that are a really big deal. And I also think that damage to community organizations who are trying to do outreach is a huge deal because those organizations and communities have such an important role and it's all based around trust and like they can't do work without trust not saying that trust is going to be totally lost but when it's damaged it's just like a big deal yeah i mean that's um a great point you know there's all these you know cascading effects that 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 have a real uh you know negative impact on people's lives one thing i'd like to say uh, while we're talking about acp especially since this is a prediction show we should say, and I don't know if we were the first, but we were one of the early ones because of our ACT, ACP dashboard to predict April 2024. And now that's like everybody acts like that's common knowledge. I'd like to Christine, say- Christine, how do you react when Sean says we made that prediction? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> we are we? a team, right? <laughs> right? I'll just say I reported on Christine's prediction. I had no idea. <laughs> Yes. One of the other things that is related to that, especially what Emma was saying, is um, just there's going to be a real loss of uh, of uh, local economic activity. Uh, we're talking about in even rural um, rural areas like rural population centers, not like super rural, uh, you know, a million dollars a year, uh, multiple millions of dollars a year. That's not, not in people's pockets anymore. Um, and uh, that adds up. Um, you know, in some of these areas, that's if you have an extra $30 in your pocket each month, you're generally using that on local stuff. You're buying stuff, you're shopping at stores, you're, you're engaging in services. And uh, a lot of that's just economic activity is going to um, decline. And that's going to be hard on local businesses and things like that. This is going to ripple through. Uh, I have to say tribal ISPs are going to be hit really hard by this. A uh, fair number of them really depended on the $75 a month that was that they were eligible for. And um, it's going to be very difficult. And it's going to ripple through there as well where you have someone running the ISP who has to go to tribal council or to tribal leadership and say, we don't, we can't pay our bills. Uh, you know, we need some more support than we were expecting. And uh, tribal leadership is going to say, well, why didn't you know that this was going to happen? Or, you know, why, what can you do about this? And there's going to be that friction and frustration uh, where we really don't need it. Right. Um, and so, um, it's just, it's really, uh, it's really disappointing. And this is definitely a situation where, uh, you know, we're not putting Humpty Dumpty back together again. Uh, there's going to be real lasting damage and hopefully this isn't the end of a program that meets the needs of people who desperately need it. Uh, but, um, those are the things that I come at immediately. I have a few others, but I want to go around a little bit. Anyone else, Emma? Just a slightly more optimistic one. I think that we'll see hopefully we'll see some action on the part of states or localities to address affordability through ACP like programs. Um, California is already thinking about implementing its own similar like voucher credit, whatever you want to call it based program. Um, and 
I think California and LA and Oakland and places like that are um, definite leaders when it comes to addressing some of this stuff. And I'm hoping that that can be, um, that can succeed in California. And if it does, hopefully be a model for places around the country. Yeah. I'll just say I'm predicting, and this is a hard one. I think people in California will want to do it. I'm, I will make one of my predictions that I'm the least sure about. I don't think California will do it this year. They have a major um, uh, budget deficit that's predicted, and I don't think they're going to have the funds to do it. Uh, I think we might see some other states finding some support. But when I was just talking to someone the other day who was on a state broadband office, uh, they were talking about the amount of money. And, uh, you know, it, it's a lot of money to try to like pick this up. That's the reason the federal government was doing it. So um, Emma, I think that's a good prediction and I'm curious to see where it comes out. Uh, I'm a little bit more pessimistic uh, in terms of what will actually get done. Uh, Jess. I, so I had a power outage. I missed a little bit of the discussion here, but I'm reading the room a little bit that this is mostly all um, negative. If I you want to come in and say that, that if you think I'm the ACP is going to be refilled, you're going to really I'm going to do it. I'm going to okay. say that these letters are going to go out in February and people are going to be pissed. And there's a lot of register. There's a lot of folks who use that in like red districts and they are going to let people know. Um, and I think it's going to get a little funny, a little bit of money. I think they're going to probably extract something unpleasant in, 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 uh, in exchange maybe, but um we're not going to see any sort of fundamental reform, but I, I'm, I'm going to say we're going to, they're going to refill the bucket a little bit. All right. That's bold. You are going to come out the champion if that's what happens. Uh, I do not think that is going to happen. And that's, you know, I had said that internet access will not be an issue. I think that even if a, um, a lot of these people uh, get um, uh, those letters, they are going to say, what are you going to, who are you going to vote for? Yeah, yeah, your ACP is gone. Who are you going to vote for? You're gonna you're gonna vote for a Democrat? I don't think so. In Eastern Kentucky, no. You're you're gonna vote for me. That's what you're gonna do. And I think that's the calculus. I think that is the nature of our system right now, unfortunately. And and so I am deeply pessimistic about those letters having an effect. But I will, and I'm saying this right now. I'm not gonna pull a Lindsey Graham and then come back and lie about it later. I'm gonna say that I will come out and say you are absolutely right. But right now, I'm feeling pessimistic about that turning the tide. If anything turns the tide, I think it's that, though. So just to be clear, Jess, are you predicting that the ACP Extension Act will will, will pass or, or or just in some some form or fashion that that I don't know that they'll get all six or seven million that or billion that they're asking for. But, um, yeah, I think, yeah, that's my prediction. Those representatives are up for election every two years. Planning a primaries to be had. I think that they might be a little bit more responsive to. A bunch of people calling saying that they can't afford internet anymore. They're approaching the likelihood that um, or they're, we're approaching a situation where they're more likely to, to die of being hit by lightning than uh, being replaced absent of retirement. <laughs> Fortunately, <laughs> Christine, go That's ahead. Kind of tangential related um, question, I guess, prediction. Um, so uh, the, so the broadband consumer labels are due out April 10th, I think. Um, and with these letters coming out in like, you know, February, March-ish, I'm wondering if we'll see any action from major providers in at this new, I, presumably a, this will be a point of sale for consumers that are on ACP because their bill will be changing. And so I'm wondering if we'll see any action from providers in showing 
their labels during this time? This is a, something we just talked about the other day. It's that the broadband consumer labels are only posted at the point of sale. But if a, there's an added fee introduced or in the case of the ACP, if the price changes, is that a point of sale or not? Like, is your price changing a point of sale? I don't think that that will spur internet service providers to like send the broadband consumer label to subscribers. I don't think they're going to count that as a point of sale. I think it should be, but I don't think it will be. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point. And I was this morning looking over the, the FCC's order um, for you know requirements and guidelines and winding down ACP. I didn't see any mention of the, I mean, you, you make a good point. Um, and, um, and I'm also not convinced that when the letter start going out, say in February, that the bulk of everyone on ACP is going to realize. I mean, I, I think that there's be a fair number of people that won't realize it until they actually get a bill saying, you know, do you want to opt in the AC, you know, and, and your bill, by the way, is going to go up $30 a month. My other two predictions, and we'll see if anyone else has any left, but um, relating to ACP, I think that no one who's responsible will pay any political price. You know, the voters are going to have no idea as to like what led to this. But most of the people who are cut off will be angry at Biden and they'll be mad at Democrats, I think. Oh, yeah, that's a good whether period. they are in a rural Republican area or in a more urban Democratic area. Everyone's just going to blame the president, I think. I, I agree. And 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 to your point, uh, uh, to, or excuse me, to Emma's point earlier, th- there'll also be some collateral blame. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of hardworking, well-meaning um, digital navigators will also to to a degree uh, be blamed, but I also wonder they're big media companies, so they can probably, you know, shield themselves. But I also wonder how much um, ICP, uh, excuse me, ISPs will be, will take any flack for this. Yeah, I don't know. Um, we'll see. People are used to ISPs raising their prices. Um, and, I, you know, we keep saying ISPs. The labels are due out for the biggest companies. We're talking mostly about the biggest companies because they serve the vast majority of the people. Local companies tend to actually be able to get messages out to their, to their subscribers because their subscribers uh, don't hate them and run away from their correspondence in the same way. So, um, you know, uh, it, it will change. Uh, we have to move on though. Any other ACP related predictions? All right. Uh, digital discrimination, Emma. Yeah. These are coming out of conversations with people um, at the local level, like Bill Callahan and um, Natalie Gonzalez in LA and Patrick Messick in Oakland. But I think that cities will be timid to wage direct attacks on um, big incumbent providers. And I think that a lot of involvement will be on the part of community organizations um, to document digital discrimination. And we'll see interesting coalition work come out of that, including from anchor institutions, just because people know how important it is by this point. Um, to do work in partnership, to spread around resources and capacity. And I think that the FCC naming or using the disparate impact approach at the federal level um, will create some rallying energy for community groups to just gather momentum um, among community members for better broadband, better quality broadband, affordable broadband, um, and also to enter into conversations with local government officials about them enforcing existing rules or 
in an ideal situation, conversations about public investment in broadband. I think we will see those local groups doing that organizing. I think we will see zero things from the Federal Communications on this, uh, Federal Communications Commission in 2024. Uh, even even if they do investigate anything or take action, you know, sort of anything, I don't think we'll see the results of, of any of it um, coming out. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of part B of my prediction. Oh, I just jumped in and bigfooted you, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think digital discrimination will be enforced at the federal level. Um, I don't think that penalties against ISPs will result in any like infrastructure investment at scale. Basically, I don't think that the federal ruling will have concrete impacts on the customer experience or the subscriber experience. I think that enforcement is going to be a big issue and it's not really going to come through. Any other predictions on digital discrimination from anyone else in the team before we come back to Emma? Yeah, I I, I predict that um, what the Supreme Court decides on on federal agencies' enforcement po- uh, powers will ru- will rule in in such a way that it will make all of this move. Anyone else? Uh, Deans predicts more local ordinances along the lines of what uh, has already happened in Los Angeles and uh, perhaps some other big cities. Uh, we'll be covering that as they happen. Emma, anything else related to digital discrimination? Yeah, so what I feel like the federal ruling has limitations and that it won't directly impact subscribers. I think that it's going to spur cities to do work around data collection and to kind of develop their own stories about digital discrimination that's happening in their communities um, and get just a better sense of the ways in which incumbents are falling short. Um, And I think it's from there that conversations are going to be had and that organizing is going to be done. So I think it's definitely going to move things, but not in a direct way at the federal level. Yeah, I think it's interesting that a city that is organizing using those tools with expectation, a realistic expectation that it is going to have to be more involved and perhaps put some public investment into a solution may look for the first six months a lot like a city that does some of this investigation that also is just doing it for show and doesn't plan to do anything except for claim that the incumbent is responsible and needs to fix it. Uh, And so I'm going to be deeply frustrated. I think these cities where we see just more of this action, like we see in Minneapolis and St. Paul, for instance, where if an elected official is asked about it, they're like, Oh, it's terrible. We wish that, you know, we wish that people had better service, you know, in a way that if people didn't have water service, the city would solve it. They didn't have electricity service. The city would do something about it. When it comes to internet access, leaders feel like they can just be like, ah, Sure wish we could snap our fingers and fix it, but there's nothing we can do with the power of the city and a billion-dollar budget. Like There's no way we could find a few thousand dollars to try to fix this. Um, and so I just, you know, when I look around, and, and I, I feel this way often after I work with a, a community that's been so left behind, like Gary, um, just the reality of that. And then and just looking at, you know, even cities that have many more economic opportunities and how most local leaders continue to just be like, I wish there was something I could do, but all I can do is wish that someone would do something. And so I I really hope that I don't end this year, but I think at the end of this year, most major metros will still just be hoping that someone else is going to come fix their problem and it ain't happening. So 
I just really killed the mood. <laughs> um, so uh, last predictions, any last predictions before we do the uh, Muni Networks and preemptions? All right. I have a question. Title two and that neutrality. Yeah, boy, that's it's interesting, right? Like so many people are all interested in this. I just, I, you know, I, I'll I'll say what I think, what I think, and you can all disagree if you want. I just don't think it matters a lot in the sense that we really don't want to lose it, right? It is important to regain Title II so that uh, so that a future FCC that has a chair that actually cares about doing things uh, could do something in theory. That would be important, and there's other ramifications of it. But I just I hate these battles where we have to fight to get something where when we win, we have not moved forward. We've just stopped ourselves from moving backwards. Mm-hmm. And that to me feels like the issue, right? If if we don't regain net neutrality, then we will continue to fight for the states and in other ways. If we get net neutrality in Title II, then we'll just continue to try to defend it. But nothing about this gets anyone better connected. This is all just about trying to stop the big companies from screwing us further. And I just resent it. Um, you know, I think it's important that people um, defend net neutrality, that we don't have the internet go the way of commercial radio where no one listens to the radio because it's all just commercials and lame. Uh, but um, I, there's, we have such big issues. 20 million households are not going to be able to afford internet access. I mean, that's overstating it. They're going to be struggling to afford it. We don't have structural reform coming to like try to make sure we have investments going to places. There's like all these places in major cities where neighborhoods are going to get their second and third fiber before other neighborhoods get anything better than, than DSL and overpriced cable. Um, you know, it is hard for me to worry too much about um, net neutrality, but it's also because our allies in DC are going to fight the fight really well. So if we didn't have that, I don't know, I might feel differently, but it's complicated. That's my reaction. It's probably overly long. Sorry about that. Um, so anyway, that's net neutrality. Uh, Christine has one more. Yes. Uh, it's not an exciting one, uh, but the FCC will finally change the broadband definition to <laughs> over 20 this year. I'm not getting my hopes up. I've been bit too many times by this. I, I don't know. You know, I think the FCC might just say, ah, who cares? Why even have a broadband definition anymore? <laughs> mm, that's a good, that, I'm, I'm surprised actually that hadn't come up earlier. Um, that's a good one. I'm going to go ahead and be, um, continue my pessimistic streak along with Chris, it seems, um, and say that, no, that won't, that they, they'll, they'll dither around, but it won't happen in 2024. They're also taking comments and setting a, a higher goal of a gig over 500. Right. Like a challenge goal or a stretch goal or something like that. That's, I think that's good. And it makes sense. I've often said that we should have multiple definitions in the sense that like what one is building uh, with new federal money should be different than what is the bare minimum that a family can get by with uh, without being too disadvantaged. So uh, it makes sense to me to have more, a little more nuance around that. All right. We got to do how many new municipal fiber networks are there going to be? Sean has 10. Rye has 25. Rye also does more of the data than anyone else. So I'm loath to go against him, but I'm going to come <laughs> well, in the I middle. I number first. I I'm would've... going for 17 right in the middle. 33. 33 from Christine. I'll say 19. Jess is just going to price his right me. Emma. What did Rye say? Rye said 25. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You're going to agree with him rather than just picking 26. (laughs) Can I change mine to 26? (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, how many states are going to, uh, well, what's, how is preemption going to change? Any new preemption or removing any old preemption? I think we're going to fight about it. I'll go first. I think we're going to fight about it, but we're going to come out with 17. I'm not saying that means there's going to be no changes, but I'm going to say we're going to come out with 17. Oh, that was gonna, that that was going to be my prediction. I think I think the momentum to roll back the preemption has come and gone, and we will have set. As a matter of fact, I almost was going to say it's going to go up to 18, because I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, you know, just the story about Frankfurt, Kentucky, and this bill that's been filed to try to force them to sell their uh, municipal system uh, broadband system there um, made me think that it. I'm, I, but I'm just going to say 17. It's we're we're going to have no movement on the state preemption. I just I do want I can't let that by without saying that Gigi Sohn and others uh, would like to uh, make this a bigger fight. And I do think that if we see that big campaign against municipal networks, we could get some pushback and organizing to uh, make this uh, an issue in some states and, and roll it back. So I wouldn't agree that the moment is come and gone. Uh, I think that moment might be coming back, Sean. So I'm just going to throw that out there. And, I, I uh, hope so. I just felt like, you know, with bead and everything coming, I thought that was like, you know, that was the thing that was going to kind of jar that loose to some degree. But mm-hmm. since they've got past this hurdle where NTIA says, hey, if you want to keep your state preemption, we're still going to give you all your bead money. I think that's the that's what I mean by the moment is come and gone. Yeah. Christine? Uh, I'm going with my three theme. Um, three states are going to eliminate preemption laws. I'm going to go with the positive. All right. Three states are going to eliminate. Mm-hmm. Jess? I'm with Sean. If they were going to do it, they would have done it, I think. Um, there's very little uh, consequence moving forward, so none. No, none of them are going to get rid of it. All right. Emma? I agree with that, too. Well, no, between zero and one. <laughs> <laughs> Point There'll be a partial rollback, kind of yeah, like I a... think this is a binary. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Although, but, like Arkansas, kind of partially rolled theirs back. You could, you could you come out, Emma, well. and uh, Emma. You could call that. Uh, I mean, you can call a big victory if if you can justify that at the end of the year. So, it's up um, to interpretation, it's the way to yeah. being correct. <laughs> All right. Well, those are our predictions for the year. Thank you for getting through them with us. Sorry if you uh, don't listen for my occasional rants and frustrations with uh, various things. But uh, that's what we're looking at this year, how we react to some of the ACP stuff right now. And we look forward to evaluating it in 11 months or so. So hope you all have a uh, great year, better than we're forecasting. (laughs) Thank you all for joining us. Always fun to be here. We have transcripts for this and other podcasts available at communitynuts.org slash broadbandbits. Email us at podcast at muninetworks.org with your ideas for the show. Follow Chris on Twitter. His handle is at communitynets. Follow communitynets.org stories on Twitter. The handle is at muninetworks. Subscribe to this and other podcasts from ILSR, including Building Local Power, Local Energy Rules, and the Composting for Community podcast. You can access them anywhere you get your podcasts. You can catch the latest important research from all of our initiatives if you subscribe to our monthly newsletter at ilsr.org. While you're there, please take a moment to donate. Your support in any amount keeps us going. Thank you to Arnie Hughesby for the song Warm Duck Shuffle, licensed through Creative Commons. Creative Commons.